Welcome to the Possibility Action Network. I'm your host, Stephen Middleton, AKA Possibility Man. <laughs> We're committed to bringing you guests who strive to better people's lives and serve as a force for good in the world. Today, we have Mr. Ricardo Wilkins. Ricardo grew up in the greater Washington DC area. He is a businessman and one of the interests of the Possibility Action Network is to share thought leaders around the areas of business. So Ricardo, welcome to the show today. Steven, uh, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for the invitation to, to share and discuss uh, on this podcast. And I hope your listeners found, find value in, uh, in our conversation. Fantastic. Now, I knew you grew up in the District of Columbia area. Can you tell yeah. us about, about that, about your background, where you grew up, where you went to high school, the kinds of things you were interested in? I was born in Washington, D.C., and I grew up um, in Maryland, in the suburbs of Washington, D.C., most of my life. My third, fourth generation D.C., my parents were from D.C., my grand, most of my grandparents were, so... My family is very heavily uh, rooted in the area. And uh, yeah, just, I think growing up in the DC area, I didn't really appreciate the uniqueness of that until I got old and the uniqueness of the history and of, of specifically downtown, the mall area of DC, how historic that was. So, uh, you know, but that was, that, in reflecting on, reflecting on my childhood, you know, going to the museum, exciting and uh yeah growing up grew up in maryland um prince george's county uh, about 15 minutes 15 20 minutes outside of washington dc a predominantly uh black suburb uh i think it was um maybe the highest grossing income black suburb in the country or something along those lines mm -hmm. uh for many years i think still currently and uh so i went there to a high school called duval uh high school um, I played rep sports outside of the, the high school. I played a lot of basketball, uh, but I did not go out for the team, for, for the basketball team for several reasons, uh, for a few reasons as throughout my high school. Uh, <laughs> I regret, but everything happens for a reason. And then uh, after high school, I went to the University of Maryland, which was literally uh, on the maybe about five miles down the street from there and where I majored in criminal justice because I wanted to, you know, I love movies and, you know, and, uh, you know, thriller, you know, investigative thrillers and spy thrillers. So I, I thought I would go that route and uh, majored in criminology and criminal justice a lot. I think at Maryland, I learned more about people than what I took academically, what I took away academically and just interacting with different people. And I made a lot of lifelong friends. So that was kind of like, you know, growing up in uh, in the D.C. metropolitan area. Right. Yeah, I would think that D.C., you know, with, with the Capitol and all of the politicians and the power brokers in the area, that that itself could be a university for someone growing up in that, in, growing up there. Was it like that for you? Were you inspired by some of the people who came to D.C.? Oh, that's a good question. I, you know, growing up, 
growing up, like before high school, I'm sorry, before college, probably I didn't really, you know, was aware of it. You know, I kind of just thought that was just, you know, the our news, our local news was probably a lot more geared to, you know, um, political issues and world affair issues and maybe other local news markets. And I realized that when I traveled uh, to different parts of the country, as I got little completely different. Like, I felt like our local news was more like the way that I was aware of. Uh, but then when I was in college, um, I had the opportunity to intern at the U.S. That was now that was a very, um, uh, yeah, experience. What I did there wasn't um, political nature. I, they stuck me in the copy room. But um, just, you know, I got to see what you know, different bills and, and, and things that, you know, senators wanted um you know printed for their staff which was or their committees and there was always local c-span was also always playing in the um in the copy room or in the lunch room so i was exposed to um different issues that i wasn't uh prior to that so that, and that was a really uh rewarding um opening eye-opening experience just learning about that side of um our country i would say yeah, yeah, use a good word, exposure. And that's what I was trying to get at. Um, whether this exposure kind of broaden your perspective on, yeah. you know, on the world because of Washington, DC. Okay, so um, yeah. I know that you also worked in government service um, after college. What was that like for you? Yeah, I worked um, even start even in college. I, I worked at, um, like I said, I started government, worked at the Senate for two summers as an intern. Even I worked at the Federal Bureau of Prisons, um, another internship while I was in college. So I just kind of, you know, a lot of people here work. My parents didn't, but a lot had a lot of family members and a lot of people here obviously work and kind of found myself, you know, then with my major uh, lended itself to that. So after college, not immediately, but I ended up finding myself um, doing government Never for different reasons. I never actually got a government job, uh, official government job, and uh, so yeah, I worked at like some nonprofits. But then eventually, I found myself in the government sector with government contracting work, which is also very big here. Mm -hmm. And eventually, I led me to a role with the Environmental Protection Agency um, with a with a government based out of Alaska, but have offices all around the, all around the country. Mm -hmm. So I worked at the EPA uh, years, almost 17 years, up to a month ago. I worked there doing records and database management, things along those lines. Okay. All right. So, and I want to get to know you better, and I want our audience to get to know you better as well. Sure. I know that you, um, you like traveling around the world, from my understanding of it. Was this an interest that you've had for a long time? And where, where have you gone in recent years? Can you tell us about that? I will say travel is my, my, my passion. That is probably like my number one passion that I have. And it, one of the reasons that being, that's the case is because of the exposure. And I literally heard someone say today, um, the boy exposure and immersing themselves in different environments and experiences because there there's growth there. Mm. And I was like, wow, yeah, that, that hits it right on the nose. I uh, probably found my love for travel maybe a few, maybe well, about 10 years ago, I traveled before that um, and maybe big groups. Um, I did a lot of like going to Miami and, you know, beaches. Um, 
And I think because my dad, he exposed me to, he always talked about, he didn't travel, uh, but he talked about traveling and exposed me to um, just different, you know, maybe different, um, just different activities that maybe weren't, that, that my, say my friends weren't exposed to. So as I got older, when I was, I had the opportunity to travel and do different things, I, I was open to it. And I would say maybe actually when I started dating my uh, my current partner, uh, she was an avid traveler. So that, I always say she taught me how to travel. And, <laughs> and what I mean, and what I mean by that is teaching me how to travel essentially just, you know, a lot of people say, I want to travel, I want to go here, but just actually taking the steps to do it and just being proactive. And, and she told me how to do that. So we've, uh, we try to go somewhere internationally at least once a year. Um, most recently, uh, we just got back from Namibia, Namibia in Africa uh, two weeks ago, which was absolutely amazing. And, and I would even call it a life-changing experience from the, the people and the the geography was so unique and, you know, animals and yeah, it was an amazing experience. Um, uh, was in Belize earlier this year, some diving there, uh, spent some time in uh, Cartagena, Colombia for two months, a couple years ago, volunteering, which was again, another, you know, I never lived, I, I've done some traveling up to that point, but I never lived anywhere else. I never even probably spent more than two weeks outside of the DC area uh, prior to that. So, uh, which was, which was, which was very different for me to be somewhere just in you know, two months isn't that long, but to live somewhere else and, you know, living in this apartment with two people that don't speak any English was, and then volunteering in a, in a, um, impoverished community was, uh, again, another life-changing experience. So yeah. I've done a few other places around the world, which has been, yeah. did you learn any Spanish during your time in, um, Colombia. <laughs> Muy poquito, muy poquito. Okay. All right. So now, Ricardo, you are identified as a cellular health educator. If I have that right, what does that mean? Well, that means I educate people on an emerging area of science um, called redox or redox biology or redox signaling and how foundational and fundamental that is to the body and the being able to, uh, the possibility of being able to replenish um, these uh, redox molecules, which are essentially our body cellular messengers. Um, so our body can better regulate healthy balance and detect and repair uh, the ability to be able to replenish that is um, allows us to really maximize uh, our health in a lot of different areas. So that's what, in a nutshell, that's what I would describe. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, and that's consistent with what we're finding in medicine. Um, I'm not a medical doctor, but I've interviewed some medical doctors on this podcast, and some of the functional medical doctors are saying that the body, the human body, perhaps all living organisms, have a native ability to heal itself if given the right conditions. Is that about what you all talk about as well in redox biology? Absolutely, absolutely. And it's something, you know, when we grow, when we're growing up and in school, they teach us what is it, the um the the the, the nutritional, I forgot what it is exactly, but the nutritional tree or you know, we talk about vitamins and minerals and how important it is to um, you know, support our body with really important materials that we get from outside of the body and herbs and, and vitamins and minerals and, and oils, which are which are vital. 
And that's where health and wellness, the health and wellness industry has been focused over the last few years. But with that, we, we probably never think about, well, there's definitely mechanisms in our body that know keep us healthy, right? That might be even more prominent and, and potent and then than the materials. Um, because uh, I've heard one someone say, you know, we can go weeks without food and days without water, right? So there's a, there's mechanisms keeping us healthy, and our body, and one of the most, maybe the most prominent and the deepest is uh, the redox signaling in our body. Um, as I've heard it described as as from practitioners as our inner. Day I was saying to my mom, I was explaining this uh, dysfunction in the body, and I said, you know, when you get a cut. Right. We probably never thought we never thought about, like, how does our body know how to repair that cut? Right. How does it know how to repair those those damaged cells and those tissues? Well, there's need to be signaling and there's to be needs to be community system to repair um, those damaged cells and to keep out any foreign invaders that would want to, you know, um, uh, in, infect us. Right. So um, you told me that um, you made a deliberate search for a business opportunity a while back. But before we delve into that, um, did you have any interest in business before your current uh, endeavor? Or is this a new thing that sprung out of you? I would say it's, it, some aspects it's a new thing. Uh, I would, I think like a lot of people, I've had dreams of, you know, uh, having a certain income or being wealthy and, you know, maybe starting a business. Uh, I would say I never did it seriously. I never took that initiative. And I would say in some respects, I never seen myself in that light. Um, but um, so, yeah, dreams like, oh, I would love to own this kind of company or, or do this. But you know, more so just like a, a fantasy. Mm -hmm. So not until uh, my current endeavor have I seen myself as a, a business owner or an, an entrepreneur. Yeah, okay, so and I'm glad you use that word entrepreneurship as well. So I wanna ask you this, uh, from the time you started in your business to now, how have you changed or perhaps you'd ask the question different, differently, have you noticed any changes in yourself? From when you started your business to where you are now, I'm la I'm laughing because uh, literally this weekend, uh, it was Sunday. I was talking to a gentleman, and we were talking about um, doing. We were, we were working on a project together, and uh, related to um, this redox redox signaling, and we had a had a discussion with him um, some time ago. And in our conversation on Zoom, he he referenced uh, how different I was in than than our prior previous conversations, and he noticed a, a, um, a lot more. Actually, he said confidence in 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 my in, in our discussion that he didn't see before. Um, and I've heard. I mean, I've I've I'm completely transformed in the, over the last year, in the last uh, two three years since I took on this endeavor, endeavor. Um, uh, one of the things that it offers the opportunity to do is just personal development, mm -hmm. and which is um, something I'm very passionate about and just developing and growing and, and pushing, um, pushing past our boundaries. Uh, because for a very, most of, most of my life was defined by not, not doing that, always playing it safe and, and never taking, never taking a risk. And I can give example example of me not taking not making decision 
to to that would challenge me, be it school wise, educational wise, a, a, a job, not going on an interview, or turning down jobs because I didn't think, um, I didn't I didn't believe in myself, mm-hmm. and you know. I've, I've done things, you know, that I would never have, have done before over the last couple of years because this, um, my endeavor, this endeavor is so, I'm so passionate about it that has, has propelled me past um, the limiting beliefs that I had. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, you know, clearly uh, you're a very smart young man. And um, from what you've said, you grew up, you know, around privilege in a sense. And, you know, you know, grew up in the suburbs back in the day. I didn't know what the word suburb was. <laughs> <laughs> so it's wonderful to hear that. So, uh, but, you know, so you could have started a number of businesses. I mean, you could have started a brick and mortar business. You could have started a McDonald's franchise. But yet, and I'll identify the business you're in a, in, a, in a moment, why did you not choose that type of, of business to become a franchiser or franchisee or something like that? That, uh, I would, well, I would say the business kind of chose me. Mm-hmm. Um, and to be quite frank with you, I, when I initially took on this endeavor, I didn't really see it. I just saw it as a, it was something I was passionate about. And I believed it was important that people knew about, and I can help some people, you know, family and friends with their health and, and the business. And I can make a, you know, I can make some extra income by, by just telling, recommending, um, you know, recommending or explaining or educating people on redox signaling. And it wasn't until, you know, as, as things progressed that I educated myself more on uh, the industry of, of network marketing mm-hmm. uh, that I became uh, really, really passionate about that business model mm-hmm. and what it provides. And it gives, uh, and to answer your question, it's such a, so, well, one, you know, it's ideally, you know, it's, a, it's something you're passionate about, whatever the service or if it's a product, whatever, there's something you're passionate about and would recommend to some, if it was a business attached to it, then, so, but with that, there's a very low barrier, barrier entry compared to um, a franchise, being opening a franchise at McDonald's or a, um, I don't know, Domino's franchise where you, there's thousands, I'm not sure the exact amount, but thousands, at least thousands of dollars. Um, and there's a lot of a lot of work uh, being owner of, of, and just using a franchise as an example. There's a lot of work as a being a franchise owner. There's a lot of employees, a lot of infrastructure, and my understanding can be be some time before you see a return on that revenue. Whereas the network marketing business op- opportunity, in my opinion, is the most um, substantial uh, wealth building model for the average person. Uh, on the planet, because anybody um, that over time is, you know, takes work, it takes consistency, um, can um, build a substantial um, red, um, residual income for a very low barrier entry. Okay. I want to return to the business model that you've chosen, network marketing, in a moment. But I want to go back, and I may have this wrong, but I, I think you once said to me that you were sparked with some desire to start a business and you went on a search and discovered something about cellular health. Is that about right or do I have that wrong? No, we're a little differently, a little differently. Okay. Um, 
so for me, I was, so I was uh, going to my story a little bit. Mm -hmm. I was, um, I was doing a lot of work, um, like personal development work and, and spiritual development. And I was at a place where I was very just disenfranchised and, and unfulfilled in my government job at the time. And I really wanted to quit. And frankly, I did the only reason why I did not quit is because I didn't have enough money saved. And wasn't just kind of funny, you know, I believe it was divine guidance. I was just watching a doctor that I trusted who mentioned uh, this redox biology and redox signaling. And so I took it upon myself to, to and see how it can help me with my health. I didn't have any outstanding health issues, just more, I have a philosophy of, you know, protecting my health and uh, supporting my immune system mm -hmm. for your regeneration and, and sounding like important to it because I can really, uh, so, I started, um, you know, assisting my body with this redox, with redox signal. An event and not having anyone to go ask questions to, I kind of like took them. I have a curious mind to learn about new things I've never heard of. So I just, for like two months, I was just learning more and more about this emerging field of, of health. And I just became really passionate about it. And I started telling people about it. And I literally remember, you know, just telling my, my, my girlfriend, Ruthie, that, you know, everybody needs to know about this. And she suggested, because I was void of anything that I was passionate about, this could maybe potentially feel that. Mm -hmm. And so that's when I made the decision to jump into the business. But again, like I referenced, like I mentioned before, I didn't really think about it in those terms at that time. It was just like, I'm into health and wellness. I can help people, extra income. Okay. Okay, so yeah. parenthetically, you mentioned another subject that the Possibility Action Network is concerned about, and that is spirituality. You mentioned your spiritual development. So in this parenthesis, can you tell me a little bit about that? Sure. Um, I, I, over the last few years, I've, I've, I would have a religious person, but I would say I'm a spiritual person um, and just connecting with our, our, my, my connecting with my inner spirit or my, my best self um, or my soul, you know, a lot of people describe it in different ways, but I'll just, for myself, I'll say just connecting with my higher spirit, which was for me is for spirituality. And um, so raising my consciousness, raising my awareness, um, stillness, mindfulness, um, gratitude, um, humbleness, being being appreciative to, for the life that I have, all um, um, intersects with with spiritual development, and what essentially is for me for me just means um, just guiding myself in a way that is in line with what my higher self um, um, deems fruitful for me. I like it. I like I like what that sounds. And in fact, that's uh, that area also is uh, a region that's, that's evolving with people are looking more into yeah. spirituality. Now, you, let's go back to network marketing. You said that your your the business model that you've chosen is network marketing. And of course, back in the day, most people refer to it as multi-level marketing. Mm -hmm. What does that mean? Give us a, a handle on what that means. Network marketing. Mm -hmm. um, what I would describe, how I would describe as network marketing is being a business model mm -hmm. where uh, raving fans of a product or service 
can recommend that product or service to uh, other people um, or share, to share their experience with other people. And those customers that decide to share it with others will get, can get paid uh, commission from uh, the company that decide that that produces this product or service. Unlike what most, um, I was actually saying this to someone else the other day, you know, throughout life, we're really indoctrinated and conditioned to receive products or services to, to learn about them from um, marketing and traditional marketing and advertising, which is television and radio and billboards. Um, where network marketing, the companies in that in that industry decided to, instead of paying millions and millions of dollars to um, advertising and marketing uh, companies and TV channels, just divert that 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 revenue towards uh, their customers. And their customers are, you know, word of mouth is the most powerful form of, of marketing in, in the planet. And so it's just using it's just using word of mouth to share their product or service. So then now customers can share um, that that product or service that they believe in with with other individuals. And with different network marketing from other maybe direct selling, where say you know where's the salesperson um, doing traditional sales, how we think on sales like knocking on doors, um, and they get it they get that commission from that sale. Whereas network marketing. And say I have, you know, I have, um, I have friends or family that use this product, and they they um, they use it. And so the company pays me commission for every time they purchase it, just from sharing and recommending and sharing my story. Um, so that's one way. But then also, say my friend or family member decides, you know what, I can make some extra income just by sharing and recommending this to other people. And because I was the first one to share it. Kind of like becomes like a I become a good way a good way to think of it is distribution channel. So I get a small commission um, from each in each individual in my lineage, as you might say, um, that decides to try this product. A small commission, and the the power of network marketing is that some people just decide to do that. You know, share with a few people to you know maybe pay for the product or get a few you know five extra five hundred dollars one can be really um, life-changing for a lot of people. Um, but then some people can really decide to take on aspect of this and really uh, grow um, what they bring in monthly through these commissions. So then it becomes a, um, a compounding effect. I think Einstein said compounding was the most, is the eighth wonder of the world. So over time, um, over, you know, even years, there's an exponential growth where, you know, two people becomes four people and four people becomes eight people and eight people become 16 people and 16 becomes 32. And that keeps growing and growing where you can have thousands of people literally around the world just using this product that they believe in. And because it all started through you, you get a small percentage of that. And that can really um, be life-changing where an individual can be earning the equivalent a month. Of, you know, so say you're earning you know, $7,000 a month, that's equivalent to um, uh, one, a piece of real estate that's worth $1.4 million. There's nowhere in the, in the world you can do that part-time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, I have had some experiences like that. Uh, as you can see, I sport a bald head. 
And I use what's called an Unley shaper, a little razor that fits just in my fingers. And I love this razor so much. I told my son about it. I've told other strangers about it. Have you used the Omni Shaver? You know, <laughs> and uh, Omni Shaver, the company, didn't share any commissions with me, but I have shared their product because I love right. it. And just a couple of days ago, Ricardo was talking with a guy, uh, just a small group of us, just kind of chatting. And he was talking about a, a nutritional supplement that he got from just a local drugstore. And he had a great experience from it. And being a, a cellular health educator myself, I thought, I don't know about this product, so I checked it out. But he just told me about it, and I had an interest in it, and I, I checked it out. So, And I think that's what you're telling us, right? Simply sharing. Exactly, exactly. We all, you know, we've all shared, like like your friend shared a nutritional with you and razors. We all shared something that we use that we find um, beneficial and has value. Yeah. And, Network marketing just gives the regular everyday person the chance to share it, um, maybe a little bit more inten uh, intentionally, um, mm -hmm. but authentically. And um, that's something they have a value with friends that they believe people can um, can really benefit from. Yeah. And you just get community yeah. from it. From the company. Yeah, I, the I, did company. Lot I did yeah. I did a, a, a podcast or maybe something on Facebook or whatever. And I give a plug to James Bond, No Time to Die. <laughs> I guess we just we just do this, right? We just do this. Right. Yeah. Yeah, okay, exactly. So, exactly. Yeah. So okay. So you think it's a good business model for you to, you know, for companies that move products in a marketplace, but also it offers an opportunity for people like you. So let's get into Anessa Bolts. What are the challenges you face, if any, as a network marketing professional? Mm, I love that question. I love that question. I had to, well, I think the number one challenge for myself, uh, which was an eternal challenge, was the, um, what I believe the invalid um, understanding and reputation of network marketing. Now, and so it was like I mentioned that when I first, when I first decided to, you know, just share this with people and my, I told myself, I was never going to talk about the opportunity with but I didn't believe, well, I guess in some sense, I didn't believe in it, but not because I had a misunderstanding about it per se, but I didn't want people to think, oh, he's doing one of those things. So I was just telling them about this, 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 this product that, that I believe is really important. Um, so for me, that was an eternal a challenge that I had to overcome. And now I love, now I love this business model when done right and authentically and because what it can provide for people. Um, but so but with that, there, that is that challenge uh, challenge uh, with people externally of people not, I believe, having a full um, understanding of what network marketing is and how the, how the history of it, how it got started and um, and just the mechanism mechanism of it. It has a and, a, and part of that for people for a lot of for a, a very long time, people not. Um, doing it properly, people doing it inauthentically and um, being manipulative. Um, a lot of that poor reputation is due to that, with, which, is, which is valid. Um, it's, been, it's not quite like that as much. Uh, well, not even a lot, I would say. Um, you know, there's bad apples in every industry and in every uh, market you, you, you find. So, but I believe that's the challenge, just really educating people on, on what network marketing is people you know also like well, I, I can't do sales I don't want to do sales yeah. and I would never say there's not a obviously it's not a sales element there's definitely a sales element to it but experience is not 
what we typically think as cells, you know, trying to coerce or um, uh, manipulate people into buying something just because we get paid from it. Uh, being a fan of a product or service, you believe someone will have value in it. And um, it's, you know, it's, recommend, it's really just recommending and sharing your stories with people um, a little bit more intently. So just really educating people on what network marketing is, is definitely an obstacle. And just, uh, I've heard, I heard it said that network marketing is, um, is, is personal development you get paid for because it really pushes you to um, get outside of your comfort zone, um, to, to, to really push past your limits. And, um, and I've, I've seen it in other people, I've seen it in myself. So that's a, that's a, that's a challenge, but in my opinion, it's, it's, a, it's almost like a, I didn't know that before I even got involved, but it's a challenge that makes that, 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 that makes it uh, an interesting opportunity and a rewarding opportunity. Right, I'm, I'm happy that you said though that um, it's, you put it differently, but I think this is what you mean is it's virtually impossible to find an organization or an industry that doesn't have or have never had some problems in that industry. You know, yeah. I'm a former educator and I'm telling you what, institutions of higher learning have all kinds of stuff going right. on and you can yeah. take anything, government, military, corporations. You know, yeah. so, so it would be um, surprising if you were to say that network marketing was perfect. Right. It's always been perfect. Now I want to share with you something that I heard Eric Worre say, and you know, um, I'm gonna let you tell our listeners or viewers who Eric Worre was, because I want to identify him and then I, I, but let me tell you, say what he said. Eric Worre said that network marketing is a great equalizer. He said, you know, it doesn't matter if you're a woman, it doesn't matter if you are African-American, it doesn't matter if you're Latino, uh, that network marketing simply levels the playing field. So I would like for you to do two things for our audience. And that is one, who is Eric Worre? And number two, um, and you can throw in either of this back to me if you like. Number two, what do you think about my um, expression of what he said? Sure. Um, so, so who Eric Worre is, uh, I think Eric, I would describe Eric Worre as kind of the most prominent at this point, the most prominent. He's someone who had a lot of years of success in, as a network marketing um, associate. Um, and now he's, seen as probably the most coach trainer in network marketing. He does, he has an annual event every that uh, used to be live, but I believe the last two years has been virtual called GoPro um, in December. It was just actually a few weeks ago where he invites network marketers from around the world to speak to thousands of, of network marketers. Um, so a whole weekend event, it's a really big thing. So he, he has a book called GoPro. Um, uh, network marketing, if I got this, network marketing, a GoPro, um, but the gist is, the idea of it is treating network marketing as a true profession. Um, a lot more professionals um, are coming into network marketing, successful people, people that are, are successful in other industries and business owners. So really about um, what it takes to be successful in the mindset. So I would, that's how I would describe Eric Worre. He's, yeah, he's, he's, uh, I'm not, I don't know if people are familiar with Jim Rome or Zig Ziglar. They, he's kind of like the 
Jim Rome and Zig Ziglar, uh, Zig Ziglar of, of the current day network marketing. And to your point that network marketing equalizer, I would 100% agree because anyone, you know, and, and I'll be honest, most people, most people don't, um, most people don't, but anyone can um, build uh, and, and have a team of, of, of customers or a private um, that, that provides that, that through, through their efforts, they, they have the life of their dreams, um, where, where they have the wealth that, that they, people have dreamed of um, through doing consistent work, building personal development, the self-belief, um, working on the mindset. And I think that's what he means by the equalizer. Any, anybody of any race can accomplish what hundreds and thousands and hundreds of thousands of people have accomplished if they're willing to um, work on themselves and do the work and the work is worth it. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I'm gonna ask you, uh, hopefully a challenging question. It's gonna sure. be pros and cons of network marketing. Oh, so, wow. The first, I'm gonna give you maybe 10 seconds or so to, I'm gonna tune up a little music while you think about it. Sure. Um, so pros of network marketing, cons of network marketing, and you know, just to try to until you finish, not not too many, maybe three in each column. Uh, some mm -hmm. of a little music, and I want you to think. Would you be willing to do that with us? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. It's, okay. it's a, that's a tough. That's a tough question, but I love it. I love it. Let's do it. <laughs> okay. So. Okay, just to remind everyone, I'm talking with Ricardo Wilkins. He is a network marketing professional and a cellular health educator. I've just asked him to give some thoughts to his industry, the business model that he chooses, network marketing, and to give us a few of the pros and cons of it. Uh, you said you're willing to play this game, Ricardo, so the floor is yours. Okay, can you hear me? Ricardo, I think I just lost you. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, Do you, am, I, am I back? Uh, yeah, you're back, okay, great. Okay, okay. Um, so I'll start with the pros and ability. The ability to do this part-time um, from anywhere in the world where you can, you know, over time do something on, on such a part-time basis and in two, three, four, five, seven years um, be earning five, six uh, figures a month. Um, I know a woman that when she first started this business, um, she was close to bankruptcy. She was a, a business owner whose business had failed and she was working uh, double shifts in a restaurant. Um, her daughter was in college uh, and she was, her, she was faking, facing bankruptcy. And she only had twenty break at the restaurant to be as a waitress, and she spent twenty hours a day just telling people about um, uh, this product. And this woman has a millionaire. Well, millionaire, but I would say she's she's earning very very good money. I'll say I'll say that from just starting out working twenty minutes a day. And um, so the, just the flexibility. Number one, number two is 
kind of back to, you know, it being an equalizer where any person, you know, any person, you know, it could be, you know, someone that's, you know, destitute pretty much, um, somebody very successful can come and has the opportunity and ability, anybody can um, achieve their success uh, in this in this industry. Um, and that uh, for a very, very low barrier entry for a few hundred, for a few hundred dollars, um, anybody can can begin and do that. And I would say the other, the, the third pro is that, and again, I think I believe this is unique where you have, you can come in and be mentored and, and helped and assisted by millionaires and people that have done it before and are successful and don't want to and don't want don't have want to see you reach the success they had. Like truly, they want to help and assist you to reach the reach the success. And so the ability to be to be mentored that closely and be able to, I mean, there's people who who are what we might describe as very, very successful them for help and i don't know um, many industries if any where you have that um, opportunity uh, where anybody does so those would say just a few of the pros i would say uh three cons are honest just the the like we like we talked about the just i believe the misunderstanding of network marketing that people have um that's definitely a barrier and uh, it's interesting, though, I've heard someone say <laughs> he's someone kind of like a mentor, but a mentor from the far called Richard Brooke. And uh, if it's OK, I, I'm going to I'll plug his book because I feel like it's a great for educating on the history and what network marketing really is called the four year career. And he said network marketing is probably the one industry where you know 80 or 90 percent of the public has already decided they don't want anything to do with your products or, or your opportunity um but yet thousands and thousands of people joined a week far prior a month prior had no interest in that and um there is you know so that's a con that there's that barrier but it's also can be you know by opening people up and just educating seeing themselves in the industry and then being successful is rewarding but um that's a con is the um the third the second is i would say um you can't uh, i would say that you you have to understand that you can't people make their own decisions so as you maybe find business um you know, people maybe say they want to, you know, work side by side with you, uh, can, you know, not answer your, stop answering your phone calls or um, not do say, do not do things they said they were going to do, um, which is their prerogative, but not to take those kind of things personally and understand that's just where that person is. Um, and it's okay. Um, but just developing that, you know, that kind of like thick skin to not take certain things personally um, because people go, people have the right to make their own decisions. And uh, so I would say that's a, one, a second con, pro con. And the third, I would say the third is, is understanding that it takes, it does take effort. And then I don't, I don't even know, I don't even know if I want to describe this as a con, but I, now because but i'll say it's a con because i feel like initially it's a con for people and so i feel like it's why a lot of people um 
decide they don't want to do this is that it does take work. Um, it does take consistent effort and work pushing past, again, those limiting beliefs and, um, you know, going outside of your comfort zone, which is not really a con, uh, you know, I say, think about it. I mean, it's not because it's rewarding and it's growth. Um, but I feel like some people will see that as a con. So I'll, I'll lay that, label that as a con and because I can't think of nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for playing the game with me. Um, so from your experience, and I know, you know, you have been around in this industry for 10 years, but I think you've, you've learned this. And let me see how I can put it. Um, I really want to get into all opportunities are not the same, all products are not the same. So my question to you is this, how do you, because a, a person needs to choose well, if they're going to choose a good opportunity to for them. Yeah. How, how do you, what would you say to someone who is trying to decide, you know, is this product one that I want to represent? Is this opportunity a good one for me? Um, how can they choose well? What would you say to them about choosing well? Mm, that's a good question. That's a tough question, but that's a good question. I would say, well, one, I would say start at looking at the companies that, you know, depending on what someone wants, you know, for myself, I want a company that wants to stick around for the long time to build a legacy uh, for my a legacy income for myself. So I would say, look at the companies that are in that position. There's companies that have been around 20, 30, 40 years um, that, that, that figured out how to do this. So maybe just, just to learn products um, that people value that allow a company to, to maintain itself that long. I would say also look into the, the, organ, the executive and the organization. What are they about? Um, what are they really, um, what is their, what are their, what is their main, they want to take the company and just how they, um, just their values and their ethics and their ethos. Um, I think that's important and, uh, a product you believe in, you know, there's a lot of amazing, uh, you know, but just a product, a product that you would take, um, for years, the rest of your life, if there was no opportunity attached to it, and that you would recommend if there was no opportunity attached to it. That's what I would suggest. That's great. Okay, so my last question, and then, well, actually second from the last, if you have another one after this. But um, if I have this right, uh, your express mission is to empower others to create a purposeful life. If that's not quite it, correct it for me and share with us what that means. Yeah, that's it. I believe that's it. Um, just through my growth and development over the last, um, you know, three, four, five years, I just, I've, I've really just, I'm really just really changed my mindset. I'm in some aspects, I'm a completely different person. What I believe, my what I do, my activities, um, my interest, and I've believe I've at this at this stage of my life I have curated a life that is very I feel for myself is very purpose-driven and it's very rewarding that where as far as my relationships my with my family um, my partner uh, my friends the the people I, I'm partnered with and work with um, 
and just I, I just feel I've, I feel like and this is just me not, I'm not saying other people have to do this I've really shed myself of a lot of the things I've been indoctrinated to just how what we're supposed to do in life what we're supposed to um accomplish that have that I realized aren't weren't 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 what I was looking for in life and I've I set up I set up my own um beliefs and in, in things that I want to accomplish that that resonate and vibrate with me and I and I I feel like a lot of people um um go about life with with what their either their parents and society have um really just conditioned them to do and I, I just from my from my experience being free um being free to choose what was what I found valuable um, and then finding things in my life that feel purposeful for me um, and creating a life that that suit that has been uh, unbelievable. Um, this past year has been the most ama amazing year. Sometimes I literally sometimes I feel like I'm living a dream and it's been a challenging year. I've done things that have been very difficult, um, but not but but things I decided to do because I want because they were challenging. And, and I just look back on my life, um, maybe prior to the last three or four years, um, it's just different. Yeah. And I just feel, I just wish that for other people, if that's what they're looking for, just figuring out what, what you, what really resonates with you and what you believe and, and, and what gives you that purpose and, and designing a life around that. That's really inspiring. And, uh, you've touched me with, uh, with what you've shared. Um, well, Ricardo Wilkins, is there anything else that you would like to share with us before we part ways today? Um, no, it's been an absolute pleasure to be here. I will share this if I can, if I can plug a book um, I'm participating in. I've been asked to do it's an anthology book coming out on Christmas Day. It's called um, Power. Um, I'm sorry. It's called Oh goodness gracious! It's called Power Talk: um, Perspectives on Power passion, purpose, and per perseverance. Um, yeah, I've never done any, again, that's something I've never uh, done before, being involved uh, um, as a co-author. So I invite people to check that out. I share a little bit more of my story and um, overcoming obstacles in my life and um, touching on some of the things I've touched on today. That's wonderful. Well, thank you for spending time with us today. And I look forward to speaking with you again. Thank you, Dr. Milton. Milton. Okay. Well, you have been watching the Possibility Action Network podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Middleton, a.k.a. Possibility Man. We are committed to bringing you guests who strive to better people's lives and serve as a force for good in the world. We appreciate having Ricardo Wilkins with us today. Once again, Ricardo, thank you so much. Thank you. Just keep on, keep on, keep on going.